Hello, hello. Gotta make sure all the things are on. <laughs> this is so great. All right, you know what? One of the cool things I get to do this morning is uh, give two great, I guess, announcements in a way. Uh, one, hey, are we thankful that we are back in the Arboretum outdoors? Yes, a little cooler than what we would expect in the first Sunday in June, but we will take it. It could be 90 and 100% humidity, so we'll just uh, go with where we are. Um, but we're excited to be back here in the Arboretum. Uh, no fake rain or real rain to uh, cause any pause, so we're thankful for that. Um, my other great announcement, and you guys are going to love this, this is the great one. Um, we are, our Love Chapel Hill is growing, and it's growing fast in the sense of little ones. Uh, so we, uh, just a couple days ago, uh, our Love Chapel Hill welcomed a new member or new person in our church, uh, Caroline uh, Duncan, uh, was born uh, just a little while ago. And so we're excited to talk to Bryson. They're doing really great. So they're resting and just enjoying new house of four. And uh, so, you know, if, you, if you're friends with them and you want to send them text, I'm sure they'll love it. But definitely let, let them rest a little bit. And, uh, but we're excited that that is our church is growing. We're excited for our friends and uh, they are doing good. And that's exciting news. Um, well, we are uh, introduced, we're, we're jumping to a new series today. And I want my friend Eddie, give Eddie a hand. Yes. Yes. This Mankato shirt. That's it. Yes, buddy. Uh, my friend Eddie here is going to read us uh, our scripture today. And I'd like to uh, kind of take a moment to kind of focus on the importance of scripture. So I would like to invite everyone. You've been probably, if you've been tracking with us on your phone, singing and um, uh, singing with the lyrics, you will have also down here at the bottom of that same page on the Sunday page is our message section. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can actually click the uh, Hebrews 1, uh, 1 through 4. That will take you to today's uh, message or what Eddie's about to read. And if you do not have a Bible, we have some right there at the table. And if you want one, you raise your hand. Miss Vicki will bring you one to you. And uh, but that is available. But we'd love to just in reverence to scripture and, and the Lord speaking to us today. I would ask if you're willing and you're able, let's stand for the reading of the word today. Hebrews 1 1 through 4. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all. Whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior, superior to theirs. Amen. Thanks, Eddie. Appreciate it. Give him a hand. Yes. You all can have a seat. It is a treasure to know and be a friend. So if you do not, can not say either one of those things, I highly recommend Eddie also is, what, what's your position? Site supervisor. Site supervisor for uh, the area habitat houses. And they're doing some amazing things. And Eddie is the leader. That is full on, he's big on uh, leader in those spaces. And so if that's something that you 
want to serve uh, our community and helping uh, with affordable housing and spaces for people in our community, Eddie's the one to talk to. Um, and also, especially if you're in your small group or your band wants to uh, find us a place to serve uh, this summer, uh, come talk to Eddie. You sound great, man. I appreciate you doing that, my friend. So who are my readers today? Who likes to read? Raise your hand. All right, got a few. All right, all right. so let's do this. Since there's a few, uh, I want you to think about uh, either maybe the book you're reading right now. Maybe it's your favorite book. And if you, don't if you can't just pick one, uh, maybe just whatever genre. And a count of three, I want you to just shout it out. You ready? You got in your head? All right, one, two, three. Yes, all of that. That was amazing. I think I heard Daniel Tiger. Who said Daniel Tiger? I no, I was like, yes. My favorite. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, we're kicking off this amazing series here uh, for our summer series. We're calling it The Love uh, List. You probably would have gotten, a, hopefully you got a little card as you came in today. If you did not get one, again, raise your hand. Miss Vicki will bring it to you. I uh, would love for you to take that with you today. Um, these are the topics and the areas of this series uh, that we're going to walk through uh, throughout this summer until the fall, until the students back or come back arriving. Um, love to keep this with you. And you're going to hear a lot more today why the importance of this series may be for you. But take this card, maybe put it in your Bible uh, as you're reading uh, throughout the days. You can have that kind of front and center. Um, maybe if you read on your phone, you can put it maybe like in your, uh, your the mirror while you're getting dressed in the morning or on your bedside but keep it front and center uh, it's going to be an important series I think for a lot of people who are in certain positions in life and just this is a great reminder that we're going to have together uh, walking through this but the main book that we are going to be walking through is the book of Hebrews now the book of Hebrews is doesn't quite fit the mold of the traditional uh, New Testament scripture first four books of the New Testament are considered what's called the Gospels. These are the life, uh, the, the birth, life, uh, death, resurrection of Jesus. And uh, these are the stories from firsthand accounts expressed through different perspectives to people uh, for to read. So that's the first four books. And then from the book of Acts into the Revelation of John is a series of letters written by different people to different places and different times. So generally, this is what the, these two sections that the New Testament is made up of. But then there's kind of the book of the Hebrews. And the book of Hebrews is, is unlike the others. It's not written like a letter. It has no to. It has no from. And it's kind of a, a different type of a langu liter literary language. If you want to probably qualify, it probably comes more as a sermon. So if we're looking at this as a sermon, this would have been something that would have been passed on to a people from a, certain, from a writer to a certain place, and they would have probably sat around, and in this time, those churches were probably maybe 20, 25 people at most, and they would have been sitting in an open space like we are, in some sort of a building, um, and they would have read, somebody would have chosen to read this sermon aloud. If you read it from front to back, 40 minutes, and... Uh, so that's, it's like a sermon. It'd be like if you took my sermon notes today and, and I spelled out every single word and I sent to one of the small groups and I said, hey, read this. So this is how they presented uh, this book of Hebrews. 
Uh, somewhere along the line, they gave it a name, and that is uh, their name. They gave it to the book to Hebrews. Um, but we don't know two things that are quite important uh, in generally in a letter, but it's kind of unique to Hebrews that it opens up the space to understand it differently. Is that we don't know who the author is, and we don't know who the audience is. There's some clues. Um, there's a lot of really smart people, some a lot of a lot of folks that have um, put a lot of effort into kind of dissecting the dialect, the tone, maybe the time and place it was written. There's some assumptions of uh, either Apollos uh, may have written it. Uh, some think Barnabas, who Barnabas, who was a friend of Paul's. Uh, some, and this is kind of maybe my my favorite, if it was true, was Priscilla. The first one of the first pastor went female pastors, which would be really cool. Um, but we don't know if this was a man or a woman or who it was, and we can we can put a lot of uh, speculation into it. But what we do hear in the tone of the way, the way the writer is speaking this sermon, it is from a heart of a pastor. And so, for our sake and through today, we're going to refer to the author as the pastor. If you help you kind of follow along. Also, we don't know who it was written to. There's some hints that in one of the couple of verses that this is a place in Italy. It could have been in Rome, could have been in another area. Uh, but we also don't know the, uh, the, the nationality or who the people were. It could have been uh, just a church of, of, of Christ followers that were Jewish. Or it could have been a mixture of both Gentiles and Jews. We don't know, but we do know that uh, it was written not by one of the apostles, that there's a reference in the second chapter that this uh, pastor, that uh, they learned about the life of Jesus through the apostles. And so there, the pastor is a second generation Christian at least. And then the, so the hearers, uh, the audience is also probably second or third generation people uh, following Jesus. So the pastor also, which is part of Hebrews, which is really why we're calling our summer reading that the pastor has a really, really cool way of speaking. And what, as Eddie read the, the passage today, we're going to find that the pastor was constantly kind of referencing these little hyperlinks to ancient Hebrew scripture. He's touching on the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, of the Old Testament, uh, also in Proverbs and Psalms. And you're going to find this theme throughout all of Hebrews. He's constantly just little hyperlinks. And he's just in this, uh, this assumption that the reader knows exactly what they are talking about. And the cool part about that is that uh, it, it's, it's kind of like, kind of this way, like it's like two people talking to, or a group of people talking who have this like inside language, this, this area that they totally connect with. I kind of imagine I seeing Sam Schmidt right uh, Andrew Ficklin and Caroline Carpenter getting together. They're probably they're the, the, some of the best Lord of the Rings Tolkien uh, fans that I know, and they were probably just talking with each other. If you could be a fly on the wall there, they were just probably just referencing certain parts of the book and the series and some of the extra works that are around that Tolkien had written. And they three would know exactly what they're talking about without having to provide. Kind of helps you understand kind of how that the pastor in Hebrews is writing and is connecting to all this ancient scripture. And I love our friends at the Bible Project. If you don't know what that is, I'd love to tell you. It's this great organization of uh, people that uh, present the, the Bible as it is, and it, they do it in many different forms. But they have a saying that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. And Hebrews is probably the embodiment of this uh, saying, that everything that this pastor is speaking is saying, here, focus on Jesus. 
So, as we're going to travel through the summer, through the book of Hebrews, we're going to not just be in Hebrews, but we're going to constantly be diving back in. We're going to have multiple speakers during the series. We're going to be constantly diving into deeper parts of Scripture, and we're going to see those connections of this. In a very ancient time, thousands of years before Jesus came, they were speaking of Him. This reminder to the followers of Jesus, post-resurrection followers of Jesus, like us, can see that this Scripture is all coming back to Him. So even though Hebrews is a mystery in a way, the agenda is very clear. If you look in chapters 5 and 6, the people that they're writing to, that the pastor is writing to, or is preaching to, to is exhorting to, is encouraging, is a people who are stalled in their faith. They're struggling. They uh, are finding themselves in compromising situations. They're tired of the life of living as follower of Jesus. They're in this position of not uh, being strong in faith. So this pastor is, ex is bringing encouragement and exhortation to them in this space. And in chapter 10, it even speaks of the people being in a position of hardship, that even at times there's, some of them were being thrown in jail for following Jesus. And some of them were being, uh, are, are, are worried that their family and their friends are talking about them. They're whispering about, to them, about them behind their back. And they're in this position of they're, they're tired of like Christian education. They're tired of struggling to be the outsider. They're tired of the, the, what they feel the demands is to follow Jesus. And they've come to this place of confusion, and they're not sure what they're supposed to do. And they're, they're probably in a place of probably call in our modern times, there's a, there's, a, there's a common term, and maybe you heard it, maybe not, of deconstruction, a place where they knew what they knew and what they heard and what they, that true initial uh, feeling and experience of knowing Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that he's the Messiah that came to save and, and, and paid the price for their sins, has now that kind of been clouded and found confusion in this space. So the, the writers of Hebrews is speaking to a people who are tired of Jesus. But I love how the pastor responds. Yes, there's many times in Hebrews it might feel very in your face. It's very direct. But always is balanced with grace and love. But everything is directed towards Jesus. And the pastor, I believe, is going to help us walk through ourselves because I, I don't know where you are today. Those of you here or, or maybe even watching at home, I don't know where you are. Maybe you can relate in that space where... That, that, that first feeling or understanding of Jesus doesn't feel so crisp and pure anymore. Maybe you're struggling, you've gone through some hardships yourself, and it's just a lot of noise. And maybe you're feeling confused, and you've come to a place where you're stalled in your faith as well. The pastor is going to speak to us in just in this encouraging way to slow down, to pause, and to remember the story of God, this unified story that leads to Jesus, that first love that we felt is true and real today. So we're excited this summer to kind of walk in that space. So if you are struggling in that, that area, and that's this part where I love those cards, and there's something that maybe just kind of spoke to you during this summer, keep that there. Circle that one. Just kind of come back. Keep it in your Bible. Kind of keep it in front of you. And I want to invite you during the summer just to help in your heart and mind to maybe just a reflection of yourself and where you are. And just evaluate maybe that confusion, maybe that stalling in your faith, 
But there's a solution for that. And it's generally coming back to where it all started at Jesus. So let's start here in, uh, as the pastor is going into verse 1. Eddie just did such a great job uh, walking in that space. He starts out with reminding us that God is speaking. He says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. So this is, this is the pastor talking to, and you could probably language here, they're talking about ancestors, probably attaching that there is some Jewish connection, because what they're referencing here is, is Moses, is Daniel, is Isaiah, is, is all these people who came before presenting the voice of God in various different ways. It could have been through, uh, through the Ten Commandments, through the laws of Moses that is presented, or it could be through prophecy, it could be through dreams and visions. But the, the pastor is reminding these people that are stalled in their faith, that the Lord has been speaking since the beginning. There's been a constant voice that has been ringing throughout history. So we're also reminding them of the covenants that they know. The covenant with Moses and Noah and David and Abraham. That God is continually reaching out into the people of Israel at this time. And then now, this is post-resurrection, post-Pentecost Sunday, as we learned last week, that the Holy Spirit is open to all. But this space that God has always been seeking restoration for his people and his creation, and he is constantly communicating to them. So this is what, that, what, he's, what the pastor is trying to connect and connect to the people, that God has always been speaking. But he's just saying, somebody is addressing you. Somebody is speaking. But are you listening? Can you hear them? And then he goes on and he, he kind of uh, transitions like this is the way that God has been speaking. And it has been good. But now there's a better way. There's a superior way. And that is through his son, through Jesus. As he goes in, he says, but in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he had made the universe. So you see here, he's presenting like this, this old way was good. God's been speaking. But now this new way is superior, is bigger. And you're going to see this through the theme of Hebrews, that, that the pastor is constantly saying like, that yes, the angels are great, but Jesus is greater. Moses was great, but Jesus is greater. He's the high priest. He is the covenant of all covenants. He's the one that's come. He's the new creation through the resurrection that is now within our world. He is superior. And we should listen. This is who we should listen to. But are we listening? And so here's why. Let's walk through uh, these passages here. It says that Jesus um, is to, this is part where he kind of is, pastor is kind of like constantly pegging old scripture into spaces where he says, the heir to all things. For those of you, if you're a Bible geek or Bible nerd, uh, and that'd be awesome if you are, you might be hearing some language referencing Psalm 2. And then Psalm 2 expresses this, this way that Jesus is the royal son. He's the royal son of David the, the, that has been given authority. That he's the king of not just a heart. He's not a king of just the king of kings, but he's the king of all things. So this is royalty speaking to you. I, I, I'm not sure where you, you know, it's okay where, where you feel about this, but what if um, uh, President uh, Biden called you? What would you say, hold on a second, I got to brush my teeth, right? Or I, I got to finish my cereal. No, like, you're like, oh, you know, I might have a lot to say back, but 
what if, you know, you would probably want to hear what he has to say. Or maybe even locally, like let's say Roy Williams called you, love Chapel Hill friends. Uh, you know, what would you do? You wouldn't say, hold on a second, let me finish my sandwich. Let, you want to hear what he has to say. That's what the pastor is trying to speak, that this, this is an important person. This is royalty reaching out to you and speaking, telling you something. Are you listening? Can you hear him? And then he says, uh, he goes on, he says he's made the universe. That Jesus is the the same God. So we read in Genesis 1, it's attaching to Genesis 1, this language of you see where God is creating life and matter out of chaos and the spirit hover, hovers over the water. Now, the pastor in Hebrews is placing Jesus right there in that position. The Son is the creator. This person that came, now God that came down to earth, both fully God and fully man, is addressing us. He's speaking to us. The creator of all the universe is speaking to us. Are we listening? Can we hear him? And then he goes on in verse 3. He says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory. And he's attaching, this is language from Psalm 32 and Proverbs 8, where these poems and these objects of wisdom are speaking of God or Jesus being in this place of full glory and full radiance connected to everything. I know we don't have any sun here today because we're, we're, we're had some cloud coverage today. But right now, if we could look at the sun, it was full bright, bright and sunny. We probably couldn't look at it, right? It's too bright. We would hurt our eyes. But what we do feel is the warmth and the light that fills where we are. And that's what this is saying is that the pastor is saying that the radiance of God, that is Jesus. We feel his warmth. We feel his light is around us constantly, never ending. This is who's speaking to us. Are we listening? Can we hear him? And he says, Jesus is the exact representation of his being. That Jesus is literally a mold of God. So if you see, if you see Jesus, you see God. And I want to kind of just attach that again to who, light, who is the life of Jesus? We mentioned that we have the four Gospels, these representations of what Jesus stood for, how Jesus interacted in the world, that he went to the margins, he loved those who were unloved, he healed people, he just cared for them. I would, I would encourage you to read through the Sermon on the Mount. Just stay in that space, Matthew 5 through 7. You hear the heart of Jesus for others. As we say, we love Chapel Hill with the heart of Jesus. This is God, the heart of Jesus is God. This is what the pastor is communicating. This is who God is. This is who is reaching out to you. This is who's speaking to you. This is who's talking. Are you listening? Can you hear him? He's the final word. And finally, Jesus is the one who stands in the gap for us. As he says, he's provided purification for our sins. Again, this is the Jesus that laid his life down on that cross and suffered for our sins, and took on all that penalty, and put us there. And it says, as the pastor reminds us, he's in that position of authority, sitting at the right hand of the Father in full sovereignty, and stands in that, in that place for us. This is who's speaking to us. This is who's speaking to us. Can you hear him? Are you listening? What would happen if we removed the sound? Uh, if you don't mind for a moment, I love... Just to take about 30 seconds, and I'm going to stop talking, and I'd love for you just, if, if you're willing and you're able, just to close your eyes and just, we're in this beautiful place, just listen. I just want you to just hear what you hear.
Those birds are beautiful. The sound of the wind through the trees. Maybe a little hum of a car going by. Maybe you've been noticing this. I don't know, but maybe you haven't. But that's been playing the entire time I've been talking. It's been playing. The sound has been happening while John's been singing, while we've been having conversations. The sound has always been present. It's always been there. And I believe this is how what the, the pastor is trying to communicate, that God is speaking, but a lot of times there's just noise around it, and we can't hear it, but it's always there. Um, if you're playing Love Chapel Hill Bingo, I'm about to check off a few boxes for you, but um, I love how both J.R.R. Tolkien, we can call him Ronald because he's our friend, or our friend uh, C.S. Lewis, who's Clive, uh, have both written some amazing narrative stories that bring in, they're both followers of Jesus, and they're bringing in this, this narrative stories, and uh, for Tolkien, it was the Lord of the Rings series, very popular. If you haven't read the book, I'm sure you've seen the movies. And then there's uh, C.S. Lewis, who's written many theological works, but he chose to write a really wonderful children's story called The Chronicles of Narnia. And both of these authors, and who are friends, by the way, and I think they probably had a little conversation, both of them present the creations of these narrative worlds in a very unique and wonderful way. And I think they're really tapping into Hebrews 1 here. And what, he's, what they're speaking, so in for Tolkien, uh, not in the Lord of the Rings series, um, I, again, Sam can correct me if, he, if I get something wrong, but this, there, was a, there was a work called The Cimmerillion that was presented uh, after he died. His son had published that work. But this is Tolkien's basically creation of, his, of this world. Tolkien was amazing. He, he created languages and he needed a world to put them in. That's just a whole other amazing part about him. But, but the way he chose to create this, this fictional world was these, these godlike beings who would, how they would create was created through song. So they would create a song and this reverberation would create the trees, the lands, the people, whatever, all, all the things were created through song. And it was just this ever, never ending tone, this frequency that's constantly moving and through everything, whether it's positive or negative, but this beautiful picture of that. And C.S. Lewis did a lot of the same things in his Chronicles of Narnia book in The Magician's Nephew, uh, depicts the creation of this world of Narnia and this God, Jesus-like character of Aslan, who is a, lion, a figure of a lion, walks into this void, this blackness, there's nothingness, and he depicts Aslan roaring, but he depicts it not as a loud roar, but as a song. And every time he would roar, creation would come, the trees would pop up, the ground would shake, the earth would be formed, the sky would come. And I think they're both trying to hint at this area that the Lord, that God is always speaking. There's always a sound resonating through our lives. That if we just turn the noise down, we close our eyes and we pause for a second, we can hear Him. And I think there's some space in that. When we get to a place where following Jesus feels hard, it gets maybe even confusing. Maybe we get stuck on things like, did Jonah really enter a whale for three days or was the world actually created in six days and these these places where it could get you start questioning deeper things or maybe it's just you know, again it's hard times and the, and the hard times may be justified and maybe real real loss and real pain and real hurt from others but sometimes those spaces can get so loud and Jesus says he wants to walk with us in those spaces and I think that's that that part that we miss sometimes it just gets so noisy I know for me, I experienced this a long time ago. Um, 
where I was a follower of Jesus and allowed a lot of noise to kind of overcome. And there was a lot of things, again, justified wrongs that were done towards me and that created a lot of that space. But it was also a space that allowed that noise to kind of just kind of keep flowing. And it got so loud to the point where I didn't know what was real anymore. And I came to a complete full um, place of unbelief. And, and then, it, but then what I tried to do is tried to fill it with even more noise, more of this worldly noise in this space. And the way I could best describe it, it got to a point where if, if you ever have flown an airplane or maybe gone diving and you feel that pressure in your ears, you drive up a mountain. And sometimes if you have really bad ears like myself, it gets so bad, it just, just fills up the pressure so painful, but then boom, it pops. And it feels great. You're like, ah, oh, that's a relief. And for me, I got to this point where that pressure was built so far up, and finally it popped, and I was at the bottom. And then all of a sudden, I could hear him. I could hear everything. It was just amazing. It was freedom. It was wonderful. Life was new, and I remembered that first love I had for him. And, all, and I saw all the other stuff as just noise. And I saw his pureness and his love. And I believe that can happen for you today, even if it's just a little bit of a, a challenge you might be experiencing. Just evaluate the noise. Evaluate what is happening in your lives. Do you need to take a moment to stop, to close your eyes and listen? Do you need to take a moment to allow the hurry to slow down? Create space for that. because. And I know there's, there's things that you're, maybe even coming in your head, I know some anxieties and such that may already be flowing. And I hear that because I, I experienced it too, where you know, maybe responsibilities you have or, or, or worries in life and just even getting from day to day, these things mount up and feel so loud. And maybe it's your job and you, want, you gotta do good, you, gotta, you, you really love your work, but you gotta do well. But somehow your walk with Jesus becomes the secondary and there's just not time in the day. There's just not space for him to hear his voice. And it could be simple, something simple as making sure Jesus is the first word and the last word of your day. It could be starting your morning in scripture and in prayer. I highly recommend uh, picking a passage of scripture every day for maybe just do it this, this, through this series. Pick something in the morning. Read it. And then there's a, there's a spiritual discipline that's Called, in, in found in scripture called meditation in scripture. This is not a meditation of emptying the mind, although that's wonderful. I, I find a lot of benefit in that. But there's this scriptural meditation of filling the mind, but filling the mind with something of God. So re quite recommend starting your day with a certain scripture. And the, the passages, the little hyperlinks we walk through today, if you go to the Sunday page, go down that message section. I have a list of links for you, a multiple of the scriptures that you can go through. And I just want to ask you just to pick one or something you may already have, but if you don't, pick one and read that every morning. And then in that meditative state, take that whatever the idea and thought of that passage of scripture that you chose to read, just kind of let it lull in the back of your mind through the day. Allow it, let it to speak. And then at the end of your day, before you go to bed, read it again. Let Jesus be your first word and your last word of every day. Because he, as the author in Hebrews is saying, he is the last word. So I want to invite you to do that this week. Use this as that, that motivation throughout this summer, especially if you're struggling to have questions. Find that verse or that passage that you are struggling with. Meditate on it. Dive into it. Maybe look at some other thoughts and a commentary around it. Sure, that'd be helpful. But allow the Lord, let the Holy Spirit, as we learned last week, that flows and moves through us to speak to you in that space. 
find quiet. So you're feeling stalled today. You're feeling like you're not sure about Jesus anymore, and I'm glad you're here. You're investigating that. Maybe you're not even aware, quite aware of it yet, but you feel it. Pause. Take a moment and know that he is speaking. He never left. His voice has always been constant in your lives. I'm asked my friend John and uh, Darren and Tiana to come up and help serve communion. Um, today I want to invite you, um, as we come to this place here, of this, we celebrate what Jesus had done and remember what he did. In that he spoke really, really loud when his body was broken and touched our lives. And this is, this is that story that's reverberating through time, through us today. This, this change, this, this moment in time is just as important. So as you take the bread today and you remember what he did, take a moment to reflect on what that said to you. Why are you here today for those Why was this important? Take a moment to contemplate that. And then to take the, the cup when you, you're going to break, break off a piece of bread and you're going to dip it into the cup. And remember that this blood that was shed is that purification for sin as the pastor in Hebrews is talking about. This place of, of sacrifice for us. And take this and just take a moment just to reflect. We're going to come around here and there's no particular order. Uh, Tiana and, and Darren will be standing right here to serve you. Uh, if you need a gluten-free option, it's right here on the table. No particular order. If anybody on this side may just want to take the lead and start, start a line, just come around. But I just want to invite you. You don't have to kind of go back to your seat. John's going to be playing for a little bit. We're going to let that space breathe and be in its, in its spot. If you need to wander around, look at the Enjoy the air. Quiet place. And just Jesus. Prayer this morning. You want to pray with someone? I'll just be standing and pray with you. I want to invite everyone to the table today. Come and take.